Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Journey to Develop Her podcast. It's your girl, Deontay Chantel. We have an amazing guest right now, all the way from Houston, Texas, Mr. Gregory Monette. How are you today? Hey. Hey, how you doing? Awesome. So Gregory is, or Greg, I'm sorry. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Greg is, Greg is fine. Greg is a land developer and home builder out of the Houston, Texas area. We had the honor of meeting on Instagram. I don't even know how I found your Instagram, but I did, thank God. And we had a conversation. And I'm like, you know what? You have to come on the podcast. I love what you're doing. You Even your content is very informative. So I know you're about to bless our audience. So again, welcome to our podcast. For those who don't know, this is a real estate development podcast. And we focused on my journey initially and also the journeys of others that are trying to break into the real estate development space. So again, welcome, Greg. Um, and for starters, let's talk about what was your journey like getting into real estate development and land development? Ooh. So I, my family or anybody in my family, they're not really real estate people. So I'm first generation. Um <sighs> It's a long story short, I went to school for accounting, uh, got into banking, commercial banking. I did a lot of uh, development loans, apartments, home builder loans. And I said, man, these guys are making money. I need to at some point get on the other side of the equation. And um, so I just started attending different networking events. And eventually um, I was in a group with Urban Lane Institute. And uh, it was in a mentorship group. And one of the guys, he uh, he worked for a developer, right? And so his truck ended up breaking down. Well, not his truck ended up getting towed because he parked in the wrong spot, right? Everybody left. He called me, said, hey, can you help me out? And so I told, I took him to the, um, the tow yard or whatever. And he started telling me about this massive land and property development. And I was like, it's a program at a Texas A&M. And uh, I was like, man, I never heard of this. I always wanted to be on the development side, but I never knew how to do it. So he told me about it. And I was like, man, that's that's exactly what I want to do. So I ended up enrolling in the program and I started talking to more people in the builder space. And um, then I ended up getting a job with Lennar and, you know, start working for Lennar on the land acquisition and development side. And I guess aside from that, i I've always invested in real estate, just like listening to um, Bigger Pockets, Robert Kiyosaki's books and stuff, and um, did some fix and flips on the side. But I bought a big piece of land, about five acres, chopped it up and sold it to some builders. And that was the project that made me say, hey, I want to get into the residential space. And so with that and also my master's program, that got me into the development space with uh, one of the larger home builders so awesome so let me stop you right there yeah how long ago was this and then secondly how much money did you earn when you i guess chopped up the five acres and you did did you go through the entire entitlement process yeah so this was in the county um in a rural town which i guess we can kind of get to that whenever we talk about uh land stuff um but it was a lot easier to work with uh, so I didn't have to go through the full entitlements process. Okay. So like in this county, if you chop up land into four or less uh, lots, 
you don't have to do the full entitlements. You can just get it resurveyed and then sell it off, right? Okay. So I was like, I could do 20 houses or I can just do four and be in and out. And so I didn't know much about it. So I just said, hey, let me just spend a little money, get it replatted, and then sell it. Because I, I didn't have any experience doing this. I just wanted to flip land, right? So um, I didn't make that much money off of it. Okay. But so I did learn, and now it got me to where I'm at. You know what I mean? So right. sometimes, sometimes you have to just do stuff, even if you break even, to learn. You know what I mean? So like I turned any ill really just turned into a lesson for me. You know what I mean? So I didn't make much money on it, but it got me working for one of the larger builders in the nation. And legit, during my interview, my boss was showing us like Google Earth and stuff. I was like, look, oh yeah, look over there in that area. That's my project. And lo and behold, I zoomed in. It had Monet Properties on there. He's like, okay, you hired. <laughs> so I didn't make money on it, but it got me where I am now, you know? That's so good. That's good. Yeah. How many years ago was that? That was uh, 21. It's like three years ago. That's it? Yeah. yeah. Listen, you're taking great strides in three years. So yeah. that's a lesson. And again, it's not how you start. It's how you finish and how you're progressing because you're not even finished. You're doing a lot more bigger things. And we're going to talk about that in, the, in a second. Um, so some of, and I don't even like telling my business because, you know, yeah. But the goal of my, one of my goals is to branch out into the Houston market. So when I approached you, it was on the basis of hiring you and your company to potentially build out different projects for me. Okay. So now it's out the back for those who are watching. Right. Um, and initially I was uh, going after RFPs, but I didn't really have boots on the ground and have a team in place. So, you know, you and I connected and God willing, I think this is a divine connection. We talked about this before where, um, you know, God is going to use the relationship and, and your team for me to branch out into Houston. And for those who don't know, and I'm sure they know by this point, this is a faith-based business. This is a faith-based podcast. So I do talk about God a lot here. And if you didn't know that, now you know. <laughs> so um, what I will say is, so we, I love just how the dots are connected. And you said you didn't make much money, but it led you to where you are on your journey. So let us know, fast forward three years, what are you currently doing? What are you, what did you do in 2023? And what are you actually projecting to do for 2024? Yeah, sure. So um, I guess I can back it up just one more year. So, um, so I left banking and then I went to work at Lennar <clears throat> on the land acquisition side for about a year. Okay. And during that process, I acquired about 800 lots for uh, Lennar, the Houston division and um, worked on a 1200 uh, lot development project out there. And then I left. Um, and so that, which that was a big faith move. I walked away from some money, um, literally after signing a couple contracts that took me years or took me months to develop relationships with some developers. Wow. And I just decided to start my own thing. Well, to partner with my partners and join Hard Homes, and basically do my own thing, you know, leave the corporate and everything. And so last year we did 50 homes. Um, this year we already have about 75 uh, contracted. 
And so those will be delivered later on this year. But our goal is to do 150 homes this year. And next year, it'll be probably close to the 300, 300. And, and also, when I say like 150, um, well, let me backtrack. The 50 that we did were more infill scatter lots. So like a lot here, a lot here, right. kind of chaotic, right? Mm -hmm. But my background is getting uh, positions like Lennar or like with your big production builders and subdivisions. So we end up signing contracts with two developers and subdivisions with some public builders. Um, actually, we're supposed to be closing on one community uh, in two weeks. So uh, the plan is to move from scatters to doing stuff next to production builders and master plan communities and stuff like that. So that's okay. the goal for this year. You dropping all these big these big words. Oh, my bad. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know what they are, but I know somebody's like, what the heck is he talking about? Yeah, what yeah. So, I mean. And, podcast. So, wait. Let's stop. Yeah. Right now, are when you're building, you're you're not the investor developer. You're just the home builder, correct? Right. Okay. So, we're, okay. we're a full-fledged home building and also land development company. So, we, do every, we don't GC out anything. We use, like, we buy the land. We do, like build a houses and we sell it. We market it, sell it. So full turnkey. Okay. Um, yeah. But we also work with investors too. Okay. Yeah. So that's good. So you're you're the holy grail of all of this. You're doing yeah. buying, you're investing your own money, you're um, reselling the products, putting it on the market, all of that. So, But I love mm -hmm. that you started in the acquisition space. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't that you came in with your own money, you had it all figured out. You had to start in the land acquisition space, meaning you were the person sourcing the land, correct? correct. Everybody don't understand that. Yeah. So he didn't just jump out the window and say, I want to be a real estate developer or a land developer. No. No. I have to start yeah. from the basics of, okay, I'm going to work with a company, a bigger builder, a bigger developer. I'm going to go out there and find and acquire land for them. And I'm going to do it with everything I have. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then when the opportunity came about, he said he took a faith move. Can you talk about that a little bit? What was the, yeah. how did you know it was a faith move? How did you know to even step out and branch out on your own? Like, what did God tell you? I know <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's kind of crazy. So I'm, I'm, I grew up in the church and so I'm really close to God. Like every decision that I make every single day, I pray about it, um, mm -hmm. multiple days sometimes. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it's crazy because uh, I I felt it in my heart. I've always had an entrepreneur spirit at heart. And um, I'll never forget. It was like, it was little hints here and there where God was saying like, hey, it's, it's time for you to make the move. Like, you see these opportunities. You see that I'm putting you indoors that, you know, not many that people that look like you, for one, can get into. And you know it's me. You know, like nobody else will be able to do this stuff but me, right? And so um here I'm doing this big stuff. And then we had a Bible study that we had started up at the company. And uh we would go over verses. And then it was one time where uh, I can't remember what it was, but it was just about having faith. And for some reason in that moment, uh God just stopped me and I said, I just said something about you got to have faith. You got to make sure you align yourself with what God is wanting you to do. And you just have to let him move in your life and not look back. 
I think it was something like Matthew 6, 33, like seek first the kingdom and I'll take care of you. Mm -hmm. And if you feel a certain thing in your heart, you need to move. Right. And so I was preaching it to somebody else because they was going through something like that. And then it just hit me. And I was like, dang, do you talking to yourself? And I just sat there, walked back to my office and I was just like, all right, it's the time. It's the time because, you know, I had met my two partners and we had been working on deals on the side and um, stuff just start picking up and it was hard to, to balance it. And then some stuff was going on at work, too. And I just like, you know. I know God can if I can do this for this company and make them this amount of money, I can do this on my own with God's help because he's already brought me this far. Amen. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So. um even with school too, he's like, "Hey, you know, you might not need school right now, dude. I can. I'm, I already got you in the second largest builder in the nation, and wow. that's not even with a full degree. And all the people under you got a degree, and they working under you. So, what makes you think if I got you here without your qualifications? Because I ain't got no experience in development. All I did was bought some land, figured it out, and now I'm doing master plan, big communities of three hundred acre plus right. $50 million projects and making a, like, you know, I'm, I'm building cities at that point and I have no experience. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Like, so God told me if you can make it to that point, you can go and do your own thing and I'll lead you and I'll guide you. And I'll tell you, I've been doing this for about a year. There's been times where I would cry and just, like, say, hey, God, I don't know what's my next season, how my next bill going to get paid, but he take care of it every single time. And he'll put me in front of somebody that's like a private equity people, or people that got money or developers. Like, he'll put me in doors now because I stepped away that I would have never been able to touch unless I was at the company for like 10, 15 years. Wow. And so, like, it's. It's crazy how like this year, like I know I said 50 houses and stuff. That stuff was hard. Like it was really hard. I and bet. now we get into subdivisions, like, and I'll say this too. Mm -hmm. You get into subdivisions, right? There's maybe only 15 builders in the entire city. That's probably like 200 something builders. But most developers that you drive around, you see these brand new subdivisions. There's mm -hmm. only like maybe 15 builders and 10 of them are usually public builders. Right. So for us to be able to get in that place next to public builders and stuff, that ain't no but the grace of God. And it's our second year in business. Listen. It's happening. I feel like I'm about to cry for you, okay? Yeah, like I'm trying to hold, I'm trying to hold it in, but for real, I like all that stuff. You don't understand and, it. When I tell you, like even the five houses that I did, okay? I don't know yeah. if you know my story. But that was nothing but Holy Spirit leading me to a builder that was going to fund my deal because I didn't have the money to fund the deal. Okay. Mm -hmm. And that deal cost, the, the construction cost was $2.5 million. Whoa. And the builder was like, I'm going to partner with you and I'm going to fund the deal. I'm going to fund your construction project. So that's nothing but God. And people, you know, they try to undermine what God does. No, like do everything it. I have is because God gave it to me. So. That testimony just your testimony just blessed me, okay? Because I know if he did he doing it for you, he gonna do it for me too. Mm -hmm. um, so okay, so everybody, y'all had to hear that testimony, okay? It's not by our own strength, it's not by our own power, 
is literally the power of God. And I'm going to say it's also favor. And I've been saying this favor with God and man. Okay. So God put him in a position, but however he got connected to his partner, the partner had to like him. The partner had to favor him. The people that they're connecting to, they had to, God had to still use man to get you somewhere um, on this journey. But Greg had to follow God. Greg had to seek God. So yeah. I hope that just blessed somebody. Yeah. And look, I, I want to share this too. I hope you don't mind me saying this. Greg, listen. Even in my darkest times, I always leaned on Matthew 6, 19, which is if you seek ye first the kingdom of God, all these things will. <clears throat> uh, hold on. Wait, seek ye first. 6.33? Huh? Yeah. Matthew 6, 33, yeah, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. Don't worry about tomorrow because, you know, if you were, today is enough to worry about. And then it talks about before that, you know, you look at the birds, you look at the flowers, you look at everything. Mm-hmm. Like, look, I mean, you, you you look at a flower, you pick it, it's dead the next day. You know what I'm saying? If it don't, if you don't water, it's gone. If God loved it, you know, and takes care of it. And he made you in your own in his own image. I mean, what more value do you have over a flower or over the birds or the bees or whatever, right? If you made in his image. So you know he's gonna take care of you. If he loved the birds and the bees and everything, he's gonna really take care of you because you made in his image and you carry out his legacy. And you know what I'm saying? So brother, (laughs) for real. No, so it's I actually went to it. It's actually it's six twenty-five. I don't know, but go read the whole book. Yeah, yeah. Book. the whole thing, six twenty-five to thirty-three. That's, that's and that was the very scripture. Yeah, that was the very scripture when I was in my darkest moments. And I didn't have no money, and that wasn't too many years ago. That was you know around the same time that I, you know this builder had to um, be sent to get these projects done. The same scripture I had to count on y'all to say, "Hey God, if you out here feeding the birds, you feel it. You feeding the bees. You feel the, you feeding everybody. I know you're gonna feed me." And um, I could you not? It was even a point where I couldn't even afford to pay rent, and out of nowhere, and this is going real deep into my testimony. I never shared it on the internet before. Um, I remember just out of nowhere. Um there was a grant that was given to me to, to even pay my rent. I don't remember. I think that could have been 2021. Um, I had just broke up with my ex builder fiance Mm. and I pretty much lost everything. Right. I literally had to start over. So out of nowhere, there was like a grant given to me for like $18,000 to pay rent. It was me being ministered through that scripture though. It was literally that scripture. So, wow, that's so powerful. That's a blessing. Hey, I so I never really told anybody this, but I've been in your situation like last year too. I almost went bankrupt a couple months ago. Like, I almost was like, you know what? I'm done. I'm gonna go back to work. This is too much. And I, I had a moment where I was like, man, this is it's way too much on my spirit. And because I pushed through and leaned on God, now we get into subdivisions. We looking at doing some multifamily stuff. I linked up with you. You know, we expanding our builder and investor network and stuff. So, yes, yeah, it's, it's something about leaning on God. He'll take care of you no matter what. But you can't give up. That's the thing. It's the giving up. Because that's what faith is about. You know? exactly. 
Um, and I, and you know, I'm dealing with it in different areas of my life right now. Um, I would say business, business, and also um, just the overall destiny. Because I'm not just called to real estate. I'm called to the kingdom. I'm called. Even my marriage is, in, you know. Okay, I'm gonna stop there. But somebody be plotting on me. But, <laughs> yeah. but you know what I'm saying, brother, brother in grace. Um, but with that being said. How? Because I know they like they don't turn this into a whole sermon. Like this is a preaching <laughs> session. Yeah. Now nah, you good? Oh, like people gotta hear these things. And again, this is why it's called Journey to Develop Her. It mm. was really my spiritual uh, development journey that fed me in my real estate. Like literally, it all interconnected at the same time. And a lot of you may know this. Um, the very night I was supposed to do my real estate development. Um, Final exam for NYU, I got hit with some spiritual warfare and I was actually never able, I did finish it, but I never finished my uh, NYU development certification, which I didn't really need. I was just doing it. Um, but warfare hit and during those times in that moment, like I never heard God, like I never heard him before. And from then we just been like this. Okay. Mm -hmm. But with that being said, let's go back into real estate. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> This is blessing me, but okay. Yeah, me. yeah, no, it's it's all good. Oh, but no, this is great. It your that testimony just blessed me. Yeah. Um, I needed to hear it personally. Um, so you talked about scattered sites, you talked about infield. For those who don't know, what is a scattered site? What is a subdivision? How do you actually subdivide? Let's talk about that. Okay, all right. So best way to do it is two two different types of land. And I got a video on Instagram of you follow my Instagram. It's on there too. Um, just wanted to plug that in. So if you're driving around the city, right, and you see that there's a house that got torn down and it's in between a couple houses and it's in the city, that's a scattered lot or an infill lot, right? Basically, how or if a developer came through and he made a subdivision, but he stopped, he made a community, put the roads in, built some houses, but then didn't finish, that's more like infill, like scattered, right? So you got one house here, one house here, just kind of all throughout the city, right? Multiple sites. Whereas developed lots are more like if you pull into a brand new community where it's like a Dior Horton or a Lennar or a big production builder, right? And they might have a community of 500 houses, 300 houses, right? They might have a pool, a community center, a school on site um that's more of a developed community right and that's where you'll buy developed lots okay. so that's more of like a volume type deal versus scatters is more like you know a builder that builds five or six houses right a month i mean a year or something or even like we see it in houston if if you have like a five acre track and you build 70 something houses those are infill technically because it's in the city but it's still kind of developed right the whole point of development is you buy a big piece of land you chop it up into multiple pieces and you can sell that entire community or at least you know building that entire community versus one house here one house there you know like scattered so uh but yeah that's awesome. So I do mostly scattered or infilled um, in Newark because we don't have a lot of land like you guys have. Yeah. 
Um, so that's amazing. So how do you actually find these opportunities? How are you sort of, um, if you're willing to share? Not that I want to be your competition. No, nah, you good. You good. Uh, you talking about infill or more or, or either one? Either one. Like how right now, how are you coming across these opportunities in Houston or in yeah. So uh, we'll talk about the infill scatter stuff. So pretty much how like most wholesalers kind of do it. Um, anything from driving for dollars, like marking properties and then getting contact directly with owners. Um, you call them, text them, go knock on doors, which I don't recommend, but you know, it, it gets the deal done. Um, and as far as developers, um, Oh, and also with infill, you can talk to realtors or just people in the area, the neighbors, whatever, right? Um, developers, that's a little bit different. That's more like you got to hit up people on LinkedIn, um, see what development's going on in the area and contact them from their website or um, look it up on the appraisal district. You know, um, those are a little bit trickier to do, but usually you find the development, you look it up and try to get in contact with the uh, the developer or whoever's in charge of land development for that company. But um, like I mentioned before, though, typically those are reserved for your volume builders. So if you're doing like 200, 300 houses a year, then that'll get you into the space because you need a lot of capital to get into those spots. So, but yeah. Awesome. But, so I was going to ask you that next. How are you getting your deals funded? Um, so it's it's a mix of private capital and like uh, it's mostly private capital. Like we'll do some deals where we use like land banks or uh, which a land bank is somebody that is basically private equity. They fund the land purchase and then you just buy it back at a certain point. Um, we don't use a lot of bank debt um because it's kind of expensive and we're a newer company so you know we probably wouldn't be able to fit the equity like putting up that much equity for the deal so that's why we have to partner with uh private equity folks or people that raise money like uh, syndicators um family offices so that's how we're funding most of our deals through joint ventures with people that have the money basically Okay, yeah. no, that's, that's incredible. Um, that, and that's what I tell people: you just got to get to the person that got the money, as yeah. well as do a deal with you. Because sometimes we just don't have it, but we have these big dreams, and we know God said do it. And it's really being creative and um, leveraging the people around you. Mm -hmm. And I'll I'll backtrack too. Like so, hard homes. I run the land side, right? My other partner, he worked at one of the production builders on the construction side for 10 plus years. Right. And then my other partner, he runs sales and he also does some capital raising, but we all do a little bit of, you know, everything. Right. But like you said, it's important to make sure you have your lane and you do what you do. And then you partner with somebody that can, you know, either fund the project or they can help you in some kind of respect. You can't do everything. So like with me, I don't build the houses. I just, find the opportunities. I do business development, uh, connect with developers, money guys, like all that. That's what I do, you know, but since I have other people that can help, we can grow, you know? So. Yeah. So you, you guys have built this big conglomerate and that's why you're able to scale so fast. So that's, yeah. that's amazing. Um, mm -hmm. 
Because I know people are like, how how in three years or even just last year, like you're moving so fast. But it's really about having that power team. Um, and, you know, I call myself a quarterback. Yeah. We're trying, yeah. To, we're trying to win the Super Bowl, okay? The right, Bowl. right. Actually get that property sold, you know, for our books. That's 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 the Super Bowl ring. Um, yeah. But, you know, I'm, you know, I'm a girl. I'm a, I'm a woman. So everybody's looking at me like, well, how are you doing it? I'm not doing it with my own strength. First of all, again, God is the CEO here and he's leading me to the people that could actually help me. And that comes by prayer, fasting, and just building intimacy with God. Um, mm -hmm. So I encourage all of y'all to get it. Intimacy, relationship with God. That's the most important thing. Um, right. And then the next thing, um, you did mention land bank. So I mentioned in the beginning of the interview that I was going to be putting in an RFP, which hopefully they'll open it back up with the city of Houston. Now that I do have you as a, a teammate, right? And putting in these um, these proposals. Are you also um, working with the Houston Land Bank to get land from them? Or are you just doing stuff that's uh, more private? Um, we may do that in the future. Um, we haven't worked with them. I think we've submitted some RFPs in the past, mm -hmm. um, but I think right now where we're at, uh, we we may stick to more private just as we grow, and then as we grow and you know kind of stabilize, then we may look at some public partnerships just to help out. So, okay. yeah, but cool. no, we, we don't work with the land bank just yet. Okay, but if y'all watching, we're Listen. here. <laughs> yeah. He's here. He he just don't know it yet. He's going on my application when I go. <laughs> yeah. Apply. But um, yeah, so those are some options for everyone. But no, this is really, really, really informative. And I feel like for someone looking to branch into a deep dive into the Texas or Houston market, you know, is giving us all insight on what we should do. Now. I'm going to ask you this. You can tell them the regular numbers. You already told me my numbers. But what does it look like um, as a person coming in? So let's say build, I don't know, five houses in Houston. What is the typical cost to build for Houston um, on an average rate? And what is the return on the money? Like what is the uh, after repair values, the comps? Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Um, so. It depends on the area. Like for instance, I've heard in the city of Houston, you can get close to, let's like call it 180 a, a foot on the sales side. Whereas where we're building it in the suburbs, you might get closer to 160 a foot. So it's like a $40,000 price difference. So like for instance, if you build in, in the city of Houston, you might sell a house for 400,000, 350 to 400, and that's the minimum. Whereas we can go out to the suburbs and build and sell for 200 to 250, right? So it just kind of depends on the area. The further out you go, the more affordable it is. Um, construction cost-wise, um, that kind of depends too, because I've heard in the city of Houston, it's anywhere from 100 to 125 a foot if you're using a contractor. Um, in the suburbs, it might be closer to 100 to 110 
just depend on which trade you use. And uh, if you're looking for a margin, I usually solve to, first of all, the land shouldn't be more than 20% of the sales price. That's just kind of a general rule of thumb that we use. The next thing I was going to ask you, what are you, how are you analyzing your, your deals quickly? Yeah, yeah. So 20, it shouldn't be more than 20% of the land price. I mean, the land shouldn't be more than 20% of the sales price. Sales price. All right. Uh, if you're looking at a gross margin, which is basically sales price, less um, construction costs, less land costs, you shouldn't be less than 20%, right? Realistically, you want to be closer to 25%. Once you do that, then the numbers will work. Like you can make the numbers work. Of course, you got to, you know, factor in your commissions and uh, title interest and stuff. But for the most part, if you're hitting that 20% after uh, after the construction costs and land costs, you should be straight. That's, that's sound advice. Yeah. For sure. And is the Texas or Houston area in the suburbs, is it very like political driven where they have like neighborhood associations? I know we have the councilman, of course, but like, is it like neighborhood association driven where they'll block um building or zoning variances or ordinances as developers come in to rebuild sometimes yeah yeah depending on where you go they have good like restrictions like if you like for instance there's a area north of houston uh where they require you to put 20 percent trees on the property so that means like you develop a hundred acre piece of land, 20 acres has to be at least trees or green spaces or whatever, right? And then they require you to do say 5,000 square foot lots, right? Then there's other jurisdictions where they're like, hey, you can't come in here and build these little small 5,000, 4,000 square foot lots. You need to build 6,000 or 7,000. Like just because they wanna maintain value of the properties, right? So it kind of just depends, right? Some jurisdictions, like you can get stuff easily done and they like development, they like growth. Some of them don't, you know, it just depends. And Houston is, Houston is massive. Like, right. you know, driving an hour and change is is normal, you know? So, uh, and that's Northeast, West, South, whatever, right? Um, so it just depends on which jurisdiction you, you, uh, work in. Is your, uh, company doing any built to rent opportunities or structures in your business right now? So I'm actually hopping on the call in a little bit for a build for rent deal. So, okay. And that's, um, one of the opportunities I saw at my former employer was, um, there's a lot of demand for build for rent, but there's not a lot of, uh, production builders that understand it and they can capitalize on it right and so at my former employer i was basically in charge of build for rent are bringing in build to rent deals and so now at heart i'm working on build to rent models and working with build to rent groups so, so i'm actually looking at a couple of projects now good so briefly explain explain what that is what is built to rent so um build to rent is basically a hybrid between your traditional neighborhoods and traditional houses and apartments. So some people call them horizontal apartments. So it's like you take an apartment, 
and you just chop off the vertical part of it. And it's like single story, two story, 600 to 1200 square feet units, right? And okay. you just put them like on a piece of land. So like, um, for instance, like a neighborhood, you might see uh, four to five houses per acre, whereas built to rent is more six or sometimes I've seen 14 units to the acre. And there are smaller houses. They might be one, two, and three three bedroom houses. Um, but they're all rentals. And they might have a community center. It might have a community center. It might have a pool. Um, so it looks like an apartment complex, but it's not apartments. It's just tiny houses and duplexes. That's all for rent. Gotcha. Does that make sense? Yeah, of course. I mean, that's in my business model as well. I just wanted the, the community, the audience to understand you know the different aspects of development here um everybody just thinks to automatically sell but in fact you can just refinance and keep it and just run it out um mm -hmm. basically have a cash flow because at this point we all just need cash flow versus flipping properties or mm -hmm. land in most situations but for your area what are the actual market trends like what would you say is the the trends that's thriving in Houston, the Houston area right now. Um, we're starting to see a lot more renters. Okay. Um, housing affordability is getting pushed and stretched, and so um, um, housing prices. Well, first of all, land prices are not going down anytime soon, and so um, house prices probably won't. So the best alternative is to to rent out like rent out some units. And so that's why built to rent is starting to be popular. Uh, your traditional for sale stuff is popular still, um, but it's kind of rentals are starting to pick up a little more. Uh, but I mean, Houston is probably one of the most resilient markets. So it's still going pretty strong. So this awesome. is it. Yeah. What are your predictions of just real estate in 2024? Um, uh, all good things. <laughs> it's a uh, all right. So I, I I'll tell you two different sides to it. So from um, I think it's still going to be a strong market. Uh, I know at least in here in Houston, they're expecting the market to be stabilized. So. It won't grow as fast as it did in the past two years because the last two years have been just wild, right? Um, but we're going to probably see the market stabilize a little bit. That doesn't mean prices will go down. That just means prices will stay the same and they'll gradually increase, at least here in Houston, right? Um, so I think the market will keep going. Okay. It'll keep going strong. Um but on the flip side of it, I'm kind of concerned about inflation, uh, dwindling consumer savings, um, foreclosures, and the growing amount of debt, you know, and um, what's the, the stuff called? The, the like, you know, how you go online and you can buy some and you pay in installments. I forgot what it's called. Uh, what, consumer debt? No. No, no. Yeah, it's consumer debt, but it's like... Uh, Say, hey, you want to go buy something on Fashion Nova or something, right? And then you'd be oh. like, hey, you can't, you don't have to pay it in full, just pay it in four, four payments. You'll be all right. 
it's like the afterpay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like the afterpay type stuff, right? I'm kind of concerned about that too. Um, so, but I feel like the market is still going to be strong. Like, yeah. it's not going to be nothing, anything like 0708 or anything because buyers are still qualified um, and incomes are, you know, rising uh, or stabilizing. But unemployment is still pretty strong, at least here in Houston. Um, I expect that to change a little bit. Uh, might have some layoffs, at least in the tech sector. Right. But I don't think it'll be anything crazy, though. Yeah. But I'm I'm watching it, though. Yeah. But, I don't know. I just know it's election yeah, year. So yeah. We don't really feel nothing until 2025 once someone gets reelected and yeah. they're, they're done, fuss, you know, fluffing and boasting and lying to us. So <laughs> I am concerned about the commercial market, though. I'm I'm very concerned about that. I think it's like eight billion dollars of uh, might be more than that. Eight billion dollars of commercial real estate debt matures this year or next year, mm. and most of it. So I was at the bank when we were originating three percent loans, and I said, and they're all floating rate, which means, you know, if the Fed raises the interest rate, that interest goes up, right? Mm -hmm. So if I'm seeing a lot of three percent stuff. And everybody's just buying stuff and developing like like crazy. And stuff goes from 3% to now is at 8% over the course of 12 months or 18 months. And right. rents are stabilizing. That's concerning. Especially office, multifamily. So I expect to see a good amount of either foreclosures or deals being traded this year and next year. You know, unless they just extend the maturities. But right. We're not seeing no 3% rates again. That was crazy. Like, I've seen stuff at 2% before. Yeah, it went all the way down to 2%. Yeah, it's... No, so this is incredible. Like, thank yeah. you so much for coming on. I know you got to run, but I'm sure everybody's going to be blessed by this interview. And God willing, we'll have you in the zero to developer community as well one day soon in the near future. And God willing, we'll even meet in person soon as I pursue on my journey to Houston. So everyone, make sure you go follow Greg on Instagram. Let them know how to stay in contact with you. Yeah, so I'm on Instagram at Gregory. Uh, excuse me, at Gregory Monet Jr. Uh, on Instagram, Facebook, you can look me up, uh, Gregory Monet Jr. Then on LinkedIn, I'm on there too. So and then our website is Heart Homes, H-A-R-T Homes, T-X.com. And so if you uh, if you need any help building in the Houston area, we built to scale so we can help you on the, you know, on your developments or, you know, whatever projects you have in Houston. So yeah. yeah, that's it. Yeah. So he, he is the preferred builder y'all. So I'm, I'm definitely going to uh, recommend him as well and make sure if you've been sleeping under a rug or anywhere, <laughs> make sure you go subscribe to the YouTube channel journey to develop her and make sure you share it with everyone, you know, we have a lot of con more content coming this year. Make sure you go listen to everything else that we put out in the past, okay? And you can follow us on Instagram at Deontay Chantel and at Journey to Develop Her as well, okay? Y'all be blessed. Have a great day. Bye. All right. See you.